0: Hi everybody, welcome to the fourth week uh, of these Word for the Weeks and today is a very special day, it's Easter Sunday and last week was Palm Sunday and we've had a week uh, leading up to this amazing glorious day uh, that we celebrate and uh, it's such a a wonderful time to, to be together Um, and to celebrate and be glad Uh, and I'm really excited to bring you a word uh, that will springboard from last week and uh, the joy that we found and the hope that we found uh, and uh, that we will uh, walk towards this this day, uh, this Easter Sunday. Uh, that we celebrate. Last week we uh, were talking about Palm Sunday and we saw Jesus riding into Jerusalem as king on that uh, foal, that cult of the donkey, and uh, his making his preparation uh, for this holy week that we've been through, um, culminating um, and walking through uh, Good Friday and his crucifixion and now the glorious resurrection of uh, this day, Easter Sunday, and I'm super excited to bring this word to you. I, I pray uh, that I may be able to to do it justice, as God has laid it on my heart to to bring to you uh, today. Last week, we we ended. Uh, we had uh, looked at what happened on the next day, and uh, we came back to uh, the day before um, and the anointing of Jesus. Uh, at Bethany, at uh, this amazing place, uh, and uh, we're going to just pick up today on a few bits that we we left out, and that will help us as we move forward in our message today. And so uh, we we uh, we skipped a little bit in in John eleven, uh, which uh, was uh, the the plot to kill. Jesus, and in chapter 11 and verse 49, uh, it says that one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, uh, spoke up, and he said, you know nothing at all. He says in verse 50, you do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation should perish. That one man should die, and that would be better than for the whole nation perish. And it says in verse 51, he didn't say this on his own, uh, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for the nation, it says, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together to make them one. And so from that day on, they plotted uh, to take Jesus' uh, life. Uh, After the story of Jesus riding gloriously into Jerusalem as, as king, it says, at first, in verse 16 of chapter 12, at first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified, Did they realise that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him? And hindsight is a wonderful thing, but as they were walking through it, there was a lot of difficult stuff that they had to go through. Um, And Jesus himself, and he was gloriously blessed with this foresight, this understanding uh, of the future uh, that he carried, but he still had to walk through the difficulties and the sufferings. Uh, And uh, right at the end of chapter uh, sorry, uh in chapter 12 and uh, verse 19 the pharisees uh, said to one another see this is getting us nowhere look how the whole world has gone after him and so our story uh propels forward uh, through holy week in john's gospel uh to the moment that we celebrate today and we're going to go on a really fast uh walk through of this story and uh, but it begins to to unfold a little bit more here, um, that some Greeks, among those who had uh, come to worship at the festival, in verse 20, they came to one of the disciples, Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, and they asked if they could see Jesus, and uh, Jesus is brought by the disciples, and Jesus comes and starts speaking, and he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, and we have this term and this idea of glory all the way through John's gospel and in the next few chapters we're going to see that uh, repeated and repeated and repeated the glory of God and he says "Uh, very truly I tell you unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds. This is a picture um, of this glory that Jesus is talking about, that in his death and in his burial, uh, he is going to produce uh, glory for the Father. Uh, He says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, and while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternity, and whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be my father will honor the one who serves me and jesus begins to look forward to his death and he says his soul is troubled and uh, what shall i say father shall i say save me from this hour Uh, he says no it was for this very reason i came to this hour so therefore father glorify your name and then the voice comes from heaven uh, reminding us of that first voice that came When Jesus was baptized and he says, I've glorified my name and I will glorify it again. And uh, the crowd described it as it was thundering. And Jesus once again reminds us that the the voice here is not for his benefit, for the father's benefit, uh, but for our benefit. Uh, For now is the time for judgment on this world. And the prince of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up. Uh, from the earth i will draw all people to my self describing the kind of death he was going to to die and it's, it's uh it's a glorious uh realization that in as we follow jesus through all of these places that he's going to go um we we get everything that uh, we had once lost uh, given back to us and, and we're gonna explore that really um uh, briefly as we walk through this story. Um but just to kind of rewind for a for a moment and understand uh that in the Garden of Eden um we have a, a wonderful uh picture uh, of glory it was a glorious garden and uh, god described it as very good and uh, man was there and and woman was there uh, and humanity the human race was there and partnering with god and god gave them this declaration to come and work uh, this garden with him and uh, we see both at work we see god at work and we see man at work Uh, we see humanity at work Uh, And together there's this uh, glorious unity, and in that unity we see uh, some amazing things. And then obviously we know uh, that uh, humanity is uh, caused to um, make a decision uh, at that time, uh, which... Uh, would be described in uh, Romans later on. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For all have sinned, and they fall short of the glory of God. And so this glorious picture, this glorious eternity, this paradise, um, this amazing utopian existence, uh, was all there in the beginning, this glorious picture. And Because of the decision and because of uh, the temptation uh, that came uh, our way, humanity uh, gave all that glory up and exchanged it for uh, images of humanity, images of creation, and we lost that great glorious connection with God. And so now there's a problem, Uh, the problem is that now humans can't live forever because they've Uh, chosen this way um, that which they have taken uh, has caused death to come Um, and if they were to uh, take from the uh, the place of eternity this this tree of life they would live forever in this condition this state that they found themselves in uh, and it would be a a tragic end so God uh, removes them from the garden from this uh, place of glory uh, and but he is always making a way for that glorious kingdom uh, that glorious place that garden uh, to come back and the rest of the bible is all about how god um makes a way for that to happen and we're going to uh, read about that in in a moment uh, and so when we were created as humans we were created in the image of god and that image was a glorious picture of God. It was part of his glory. Uh, it was part of uh, his triumph. It was part of uh, everything that he had accomplished. Uh, and it was amazing. It was marvellous. You have to understand that. And humanity uh, it, it hasn't just got this fallen position, but uh, inside us is this, this glorious, glorious, amazing potential that we have made in the image of God. And right at the beginning of uh, of john's gospel uh chapter uh, one it, it gives us a picture of of jesus who arrives on this scene and is about to walk through these stages that we're going to look at and it says that in the beginning was the word uh, and the word was with god the word was god he was with god in the beginning and through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that light, life was the light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness hasn't overcome it. Um, and and then in verse 14, that famous verse, it says, The word became flesh, Jesus became flesh, made his dwelling among us, and we have seen, his disciples say, we, they have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist pointed to him and said, Behold, this is the Lamb, this is the Messiah, this is the one who has come to take away the sin, the separation, uh, the fallen shortness of this glory, and he's coming to bring glory back to the whole world. And so here is Jesus Uh, fulfilling uh, this mandate in uh, verse uh, 43 of chapter 12 uh, we we see uh, a little phrase that says uh, for they loved human praise more than praise from God the word there can be translated glory and so it says they loved human glory more than the glory uh, of God and Uh, And this is the problem uh, that is in the world. And then as we skip through uh, the the chapters uh, in John's Gospel, we uh, read Jesus speaking a lot about how he's going to bring this glory back. He talks about the vine and the branches and how that would be a glorious, uh, for the Father's glory, that we should produce um, amazing fruit in chapter 15. Uh, He talks about the work of the Holy Spirit that was to come, an advocate who would testify about the truth and he would speak what he hears uh, Jesus uh, talking about with his Father in heaven and how that would bring glory. He talks about his his disciples in chapter 17 uh, about how uh, they're going to be part of this glory and he talks about the other believers who will come to understand this truth Uh, in chapter 17 right at the end and uh, he says father verse 24 i want those you have given me to be with me where i am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world and then we arrive in chapter 18 and the disciples and jesus it says they they crossed the valley, and on the other side, there was a garden, and him and his disciples went into the garden and this is the first garden and in this garden, in verse two, it says that Judas, who had betrayed him, knew that place, and he comes into the garden, verse three, guiding this detachment of soldiers. And they were carrying torches and lanterns and weapons. And they come into this first garden. it is a picture and a reminder of how the betrayal happened first back in the Garden of Eden. And so Jesus is in this place. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the word who has become flesh and he stands in this place. And where we uh, were weak and we failed, Jesus is going to walk into it and he is going to demonstrate his victory. And he says, it says in verse 4, that knowing all that was going to happen to him, he went out. And ask those who had come, who is it that you want? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. It's a picture of God when God comes and, and says to Moses, tell the people, uh, he asks God, who should I say is coming? And he says, the I am has come. And Jesus, as God demonstrates and speaks these words, I am here. And in this moment, those who were standing there, when Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. They fell to the ground because he is the one to be served. Uh, He is the one to be honoured. He is the glorious uh, bringer of amazing news. He is the Lord of all and every knee must bow. Again, they he asked them, who is it you want? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you, I am he. Looking for me, then let these men go. And this happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we're going to see uh, right at the end of this uh, story that Jesus says something really simple to all the people he met and he says it to us he says follow me if we follow jesus uh every he will not lose a single one the glory will come let me see um peter uh, drawing his sword cutting off uh the the ear of the servant called malchus and peter is commanded by jesus to put the sword away He says, shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? I need to drink this cup. And later on, on that cross, he would drink the cup. So that's the first place. That's the, the first garden. And Jesus walks through it. And as he walks through it, he undoes everything that has been done before the betrayal uh, jesus um, willingly allows to happen to him and he's taking everything on everything that any human has ever done any decision that we've ever made he's 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 undoing it as he walks through these places and so that was the garden of gethsemane and then we come to the next part which is found in chapter 19 and in verse uh, 11, Jesus is talking to Pilate, and Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. But here you are now, Pilate, and uh, you've give, been given power at this moment to make some decisions. And from then on, it says, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jewish leaders, they kept shouted, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And when Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and he sat down. It says he sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement. Translated in Aramaic is Gabatha. and, and we're going through a, a number of G's in this story. We've been to the first one, the Garden of Gethsemane. And now we come to this place called Gabbatha uh, or the Stone Pavement, the place where uh, Pilate has his judge's seat and he sits down in, in judgment. And we know that there was uh, a moment where God had to make some some judgments and there'll be a judgment to come in the future. Um, But in this moment this isn't about uh, judgment, this is about Jesus walking through Gabbatha, uh, this place of the stone pavement, the place of judgment, uh, and he's walking through this place of judgment for us, willingly allowing um, Pilate to to make this decision, but he's handed the power temporarily uh, by God the Father. And so God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are walking through this together Uh, for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever should believe in him might not perish but have everlasting life and be part of this glorious kingdom. And so he comes to Gabbatha. Uh, Interestingly, this stone pavement has the idea of a mosaic floor Uh, And maybe there's some of the the glorious picture of the Roman kingdom uh, here in this place, perhaps, as we allow our imagination to run wild. But Jesus walks through on this pavement, on his way uh, somewhere else. And so he's undoing, remember, every step he's undoing all that has gone before in order that he might rewrite history. It was the day of preparation of the Passover and it was about noon. And he said, here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. They shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. And so Pilate handed him over for the, over to them to be crucified. And so we've been through the garden of Gethsemane and we've been through the Gabbath of this place of judgment and the stone pavement. Now we come to another G, and it is called in Aramaic Golgotha. And it says the soldiers took charge of Jesus, and he carried his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha, and there they crucified him, with him two others, one on each side. With Jesus in the middle. And here is Jesus right in the middle of everything. God right in the middle. And as he walks through the garden, the first garden, the garden of betrayal, and he walks through that. And he overcomes that and he willingly submits to that. And he walks through the second, which is Gabbatha. And this is the place of judgment. And he walks through the place of judgment. And he keeps walking and he comes to the place of the skull, the place of death. He comes to Golgotha and he walks there, willingly carrying his cross. The king of the Jews the one who Caiaphas had prophesied uh, almost unknowingly that one man should die for everyone else. Remember Jesus, the image of the invisible God. As we lost our image, as we lost part of the image of who we were in that garden when we made those decisions, Jesus is walking through each step with us, for us, um, in order that we might walk through it with him to restore all things. So he goes through Gethsemane, he goes through Gabbatha, he goes through Golgotha. And he dies. And when he says it is finished in verse thirty. Uh, having received the drink remember that drink which he had said i need to to drink this cup that my father has given me and as he speaks these words it is finished he says with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit but it wasn't uh, a giving up it wasn't a, um, a place of defeat it was a place of victory it was just the beginning of the glory to come and they come they take his body and and they bury him. And in verse 40, it says, Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. It was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And in accordance with Jewish burial customs. And at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in that garden was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid before because this was a new story this was the new writing of this text it was a a glorious new covenant in the blood of Jesus Uh, and uh, we had the first garden the garden of Gethsemane and now we come to this second garden and this is a glorious garden for in this place Jesus is about to be planted and as he lays down his life and he He's planted like that wheat that he talked about before. As one uh, grain falls to the ground, uh, it produces many more seeds. It was the Jewish day of preparation. Since the tomb was nearby, that's where they laid Jesus. And early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to that place. And the stone had been removed from the entrance and we don't have time today uh, to talk too much more in much more detail but the two disciples came running and you know in Jewish uh, culture and history and throughout this book we read that if two people are running then it is good news and this was incredibly good news today that the tomb was empty Mary Magdalene uh she's she comes and she's crying outside the tomb and uh in this incredible garden and uh, somebody she thinks who is the gardener comes uh, and it's not the gardener but he is the gardener at the same time uh, and it's Jesus uh and he's there and he's alive and he's walked through every step that we should have, that we have walked through. And he undoes every step and every wrong decision and everything that we've ever done. And he brings new life and he establishes this, this second garden where everything begins again. And verse 31 it says, these things are written that you may believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god and the believing these things you may have life in his name because one at one point we chose death but now jesus has walked through it for us and has undone it all so that we might have life and that's what this day is all about and we just get a, a little sense of of the glory of all this in in chapter 21 as Jesus begins to uh, to appear many times to his disciples uh, alive again, having died, and now he's alive, uh, and he recalls he 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 does something to to make peter think back to something that had happened in luke's gospel in chapter 5 uh, where they they were unable the disciples were unable the fishermen were unable to to catch fish um, and and jesus comes and directs them and, and suddenly they they catch a whole load of fish and it, it reminds uh peter who has um not uh, who who has not followed Jesus through these steps because only Jesus could do this. Uh, but, but now he comes to him and says, and I've done all of this for you, and so now it's time for you to follow me from, from this moment. And we've run out of time today. But I hope you've got a, a, a sense of what this Easter Sunday is all about. I would have think I would have called this message 5G. There's lots of controversy over that 5G phone system that is coming in, but God is trying to communicate something amazing to us today. Not only is he alive, but because of the steps that he took to walk through all of those 5G's, We get life with him. We get to see the glory of those disciples uh, hauling in that massive haul of fish, and this is just the beginning. Because now that Jesus has has brought this opportunity for us be, to be reconciled, the future is glorious shall we pray heavenly father we thank you for this day we thank you for all that you've done we thank you for every step you've taken for everywhere that humanity failed you as a human came to restore everything to reconcile us to God the Father, so that now together we can be in the garden with you, bringing new life wherever we go. Amen.